Hello, everyone, and welcome to Successful Black Female. Um, I am excited to have my second guest with us today. Her name is Keisha, and I will let her introduce herself and her title. Hello, everyone. My name is Keisha, and I'm currently the Senior Director over Internal Audit for a Fortune 500 company. All right. Pretty exciting stuff. We have an accountant with us today. I know a lot of people that I talk to are in the accounting firm or interested in accounting. That was not my forte. However, Miss Keisha is a guru in accounting. So we're just going to have her on today just to kind of talk about her, her journey. Um, so first we'll start off with what was your degree? Did you go to college? What did, what's your education story? Yes, I went to an HBCU in North Carolina, graduating with a BS in accounting. Uh, so when I started college, I knew that I wanted to be in some sort of facet of finance. Um, and I focused on, uh, accounting instead of economics. So, um, how did you kind of get started after college? What was your, what was your journey at first? Um, so at the school that I went to, uh, we had a very, well have, and that school still has a very strong accounting program. Um, and they actually have a lot of relationships with external audit firms. So, um, anyone that is in accounting probably have heard of the term, the big four, um, and so they had very strong relationships with the big four accounting firms in North Carolina. And so those accounting firms would come on site at, on campus and we would interview uh, for permanent positions post-graduation. So I interviewed with all four firms um, and received an offer from all four firms. And then I just had to narrow down which firm I was connected to. Okay, all four firms coming from an HBCU. Yep. Big things. Very, very competitive. And anyone um, listening that is on that path knows how competitive that world is. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a privilege uh, to start um, with that many offers from the big four. So, was that, were you ever nervous like at first? Were you intimidated um, by those interviews? I was. Um, and, you know, that one, I did think that I had failed, um, but I, I actually did not. Um, but it is very intimidating because you're so young and, you know, you are having to now answer questions about real life and not textbook answers like you really have to bring the information that you've learned off of paper and connect that to real life so um you know that was definitely intimidating i didn't get nervous from the idea of interviewing it was more of the concept and technical piece because i had worked all throughout college and um one of my jobs was working at a bank. So I felt like I was ready and prepared to interview for, you know, like the corporate world. Mm -hmm. uh, it just was connecting that technical information I learned in college to real life experiences. Mm -hmm. And how, how, how did you do that personally? How did you make that connection? 
yeah, I just took exactly what I had learned from school as well as my experiences in working. You know, once you have been involved in working, whether it's corporate America, whether it is, you know, operational roles, and, you know, before banking, I worked in retail. Mm-hmm. I just connected, you know, things that I had learned in school with my experience in the workforce. And that worked for me. And I also was myself. Mm-hmm. So no pretending. People appreciate that. Well, and that was actually going into my next question, which is, you know, you're now, you know, pretty high up in a Fortune 500 company. And what does that journey look like um, for a successful black female to stay true to themselves and to not be fake? Yep. And I think that I do think that today is way more acceptable Mm -hmm. than it has been in the past, Um, you know, with social media and just, you know, media and television overall. Um, but when I graduated from college and started with, uh, the external firm that I was working for, you know, there were a limited amount of individuals that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is intimidating and, you know, but I did not let that be the pressure for me. Um, you know, I went in, I worked on different assignments, I learned from different individuals. Um, in those big four companies, you do get a ton of exposure to different cultures, different backgrounds, people from different facets. Um, and so I absorbed that. And when I left the firm in my exit interview, I did speak up and explain, hey, I think that it's very important to connect to everyone. And one of my feedback, you know, because in exit interviews, they normally ask you for feedback. How could they do better as a company? Why are you leaving? Um, And my feedback was to make sure that you think of how you can connect to my minorities. Mm. Um, And I will never forget mentioning that. And the lady that did my interview was actually shocked that I mentioned that. But it was honest feedback. Um, So... I've always, you know, obviously on the physical outside, you can see that I'm an African-American woman, but I've always brought myself and just my inherent culture to my workspace, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, do you, do you think that going to, cause I, you know, of course, as you know, I did not go to HBCU. Do you think going to an HBCU kind of helped you do that? I do, because it's just embedded in me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a type of appreciation that is embedded, just going to a school um, that is centered around, you know, being yourself and and being black but successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was embedded in me. And I do think that going to an HBCU allowed me to bring that to corporate America. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's, you know, a big deal. Cause you know, people like me who did not go there, you know, you don't, you don't have those experiences. And then it's like, you go into the workforce and you're the only person like yourself that you see. And it's been that way, you know, forever. So it's like, how do you, how do you stay true to yourself? You know, when 
you haven't had experiences to do it. Right, exactly. And where every single day you're being told you can be successful, Mm -hmm. you can be yourself. So, yeah, I do think that that was uh, helpful. Wow. So what... um, what what kind of suggestions do you have for um, not only future accountants, but just, you know, future women who have a goal to be in any capacity in a Fortune 500 company? What is what is your suggestions? Yeah, I think that having an ideal, where do you see yourself? And I'm being honest about that, not following someone else's path. But honestly, what is your passion? If corporate America is a path that you would like to go and, you know, explore, even explore, and nothing is permanent, um, you know, I think that making sure that you determine what facet you can see yourself in Mm -hmm. and sticking to that and making sure that you start networking and being around people that can give you some insight, like, podcasts like this Mm -hmm. you know what are their experiences what did they do to get there um and that is whether it's corporate america or entrepreneurship um you know any type of workforce path that someone wants to be on i think it's important for them to determine how they see themselves first well, and that's so just something that you said you were saying that nothing is permanent so like in your journey like did you just kind of look to see what was out there and just like applied for different jobs or, you know, did you like, are you the type of person where you would rather stay and work yourself your way up or kind of see what's out there to get to where you want to go? Like what, what was your journey like with that? Yes. Um, to be honest, I, I followed the, the advice that was given to me by professors at school. And that advice was you start off in the big four and, you know, you figure out your path from there. And so I did follow that advice. Three years into the big four, I figured out and realized this is not what I want to continue to do. Mm -hmm. And so now what is going to be my transition? And I am a very, you know, committed person and so normally when I start something I see it all the way through and so my very first year at the big four I said you know yeah this is where I'm going to be and that's this is going to be my path but three years in I started to feel okay I need to explore different options what do I want to do I want to stay in corporate America I want to stay in the realm of work that I've gone to school for And that was my decisions. That was my decision. If I had decided or felt like I went to school for accounting and accounting was just not what I want to do, I would have went to school again for something else. But I knew that I wanted to stay in the realm of work that I was in, but I wanted to do something different. And so I started exploring other options, um, you know, and looking at other companies and what other companies can offer someone with my skill set and you know any time you leave a work environment for another environment even if it's a lateral move there's a different culture there that that company is going to have something different to offer you 
And so I started looking at what my options were. Um, and I did leave, and but I stayed within the facet of work that I was already in. Mm-hmm. And then I rebuilt a different path, a different plan. Which was probably scary. Very. Because mm-hmm. I was still young, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. you're young now, right? You're like 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Put that out there. Yes. Anyways, so kind of, you know, changing directions a little bit. Um, I recently received a scholarship for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that seems to be like the topic these days. So as someone in a Fortune 500 company, have you heard that term or is that a thing where you can? You have. Yes. And the first time I heard it was for the when I started working at the company I'm at now, um, you know, I think that it is a major initiative for most corporations, especially those that are on that 500 list, mm-hmm. to start showing that they have inclusion um, and that they have a diverse uh, group of individuals performing work. And that goes from an employee pool as well as to a vendor pool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, diversity and inclusion is not only the employees, but also who are you hiring as third-party vendors to do work for you. Uh, there are African American, Hispanic, all types of plumbers or carpenters, you know, that can do work for you. How are you showing that you are diversifying uh, your portfolio, mm-hmm. and it's not only employees? That's a good point um, because, you know, majority of the time with companies, you have, you know, a handful of vendors that you use all the time. And there's so many people, you know, or so many companies out there that could probably do a better job. But, you know, you just don't give them the time of day because you stick to what you know. Um, right. And then that diversity and inclusion concept for these companies, you know, it makes you think about it. Mm-hmm. It is a part of your company strategy mm-hmm. instead of an ad hoc thought or, you know, just this once in a while thought. It is a part of the strategy and you build uh, goals to achieving it. But that's very interesting, though, because you also said that, you heard DE and I when you first started with this company, but you've been with this company for a while and I'm just now hearing, hearing this term like within the last year. So why do you think it's taken so long for it to catch up to the non fortune 500 companies? Yeah, I think that because it could be location, Mm -hmm. right? It could be, the culture of a lot of companies may have a more traditional mindset and it has taken a while probably because you are in an era where inclusion and diversity is being taught in college. Mm. And so now you have millennials coming in and they're growing into their roles and becoming vice presidents and individuals that make decisions. And those are the people that are making sure that concept is recognized. Mm. So I just think that it's a timing factor and and just the change uh, in in leadership. That's a good point because <clears throat> it's definitely definitely a big deal. Um, 
and it's talked about a lot. I'm not too sold on it just yet. I'm not sold on it because I feel like it's a, it's a fad right now. I don't know if people understand why it's so important. They say the words, but I'm not sure um, if any action is being taken. So I'm not sold on it just yet. Um, but that that is pretty interesting to know that it has been discussed for so long. And then, you know, to be quite honest, it, like you said, location, location. Because um, we're on different coasts. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But um, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, what are your closing words for our upcoming successful ladies? You know, I think that as a female, no matter the ethnicity, you know, we are in a time of, you know, where we are being thought about and the attention is given. So we just got to make sure we take advantage of this time where, you know, people are paying attention that they need more females and African-American females. And we just got to make sure that we are good representatives for the class and the group that comes after us. Um, you know, we have to be that stepping stone and go after these positions and go after these opportunities that in the past we may have been afraid to do so. And not only go after it, but also be great at it. Yes. There's no excuses for anyone not to continue the trend. Because um, like you mentioned, is it a trend right now? We got to make sure that it's not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's our responsibility and so we just can't be afraid to try new things and, and sit at the table with a bunch of males, um, you know, and just make sure that we think this is not just for me. Uh, this is for my daughters, my granddaughters as well. Yes. So what I hear, ladies, is just go for it. Um, you know, no matter what, go for it. Because you never know what's on the other side of that fear. Um but I really appreciate Keisha stopping by and talking to us today. Um, I hope somebody really gained something from her words um, because I do know her personally. And I can tell you that um, her journey is different in a very good way. Um, and, you know, for someone to go from college to where she is now, um, she definitely knows what she's talking about. So um, I hope you definitely gain something from this episode. Until next time, guys. Thank you.